Let's get our weekly sports update with Big U, Yu Ji-ho from the Yonhap News Agency. Hello. Hi, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. We're going to begin with football. The uh, K-League club Ulsan Hyundai FC kicking off the FIFA Club World Cup last night in Qatar against the Tigres UANL uh, from Mexico. Bad news for them. They lost the match 2-1. Yeah, Ulsan scored the first goal and then allowed the two straight goals in the first half, late in the first half, to drop the opening match and also... Uh, fall to the Constellation fifth-place match for uh, Sunday night, or I guess uh, midnight Monday. Uh, you know, Ulsan is there, uh, uh, actually were there, as the Asian champions, uh, the Tigres from the CONCACAF champions from North and Central America. And, of course, Club World Cup brings together continental winners from uh, different parts of the world. Uh, for Ulsan, Kim Gi-hee headed home a Yumbi uh, Karam corner in the 24th minute, and there were stretches when they were the better team of the two on the field. But Andre Pierre Gignac tied things up for uh, the Mexican Mexican side with a beautiful volley 14 minutes later. And then he converted a penalty at the end of the first half to put Tigres up for good. And Kim Gini, the goal scorer for Ulsan, was called for a handball violation on the on that penalty. So he went from, I guess, the hero to GOAT in a, just a matter of a few minutes. And in the second half, uh, Yumbi Karan actually scored a pretty stunning goal uh, it was wiped out on an offside uh, call. Uh, it turned out, based on the replay, uh, he was an offside by about a fraction of an inch, uh, not even that, barely so. Uh, he trapped a long pass uh, with his chest, uh, turning and firing the volley as he was falling down. And again, it was one of those, it would have been one of those high level goals, the early candidate for a goal of the year, even. Mm. Uh, but uh, it was all, he was offside by, I guess, you know, just a fraction of his right kneecap at the time. So. And after that, I think that uh, violation, or I guess also, uh, the, the offside call, kind of took the wind out of uh, Wilson sales and never really threatened to score again after that. And uh, they lost, I guess, Hong Young Bo's uh, coaching debut with Wilson. Right. So maybe some disappointment. It was uh, the legend Hong's uh, first game in charge as uh, Ulsan coach. They didn't win. That's too bad. Uh, they they didn't, um, pers- um, I guess, uh, uh, get to a, a more advanced stage in the FIFA World Cup. But to be fair, right? They they they, they weren't the favorites in this tournament. This and this loss to uh, the Mexican side, uh, a very strong team, is, isn't like l- losing to some uh, random Bangladesh pro club in the AFC. No, no offense to Bangladesh pro clubs, but right, it's not <laughs> right. the same thing as uh, being upset by uh, a team in the uh, AFC Champions League. So. Considering all of that, um, you got to give them credit, right? They they did try hard, uh, and uh, they weren't necessarily um, fully manned as well in terms of injuries. No, I agree. I mean, you know, even Hong Myung-bo himself said afterwards that you know he thought his players gave their hundred percent. He just you know wasn't good enough against a better team, clearly. But as I mentioned earlier, there were, there were stretches when Wilson were the better team. Uh, they just were not able to sustain it for a full ninety minutes, and I think they just ran out of steam in the second half, and they were decimated by injuries, too. And you look at some of the guys that were missing, you know, that uh, would have maybe made a difference, too. Uh, someone like Lee Chong-young in midfield and Hong Chol on the defensive end, they didn't even travel with the team because they're rehabbing from injuries from the uh, during the offseason. And uh, their leading score from last year, and the K-League leading score from last year, Junior Negrao, he's no longer with the team. So, 
And they've signed some new guys, but they have barely practiced with the rest of the team. So the chemistry was an issue, obviously. Um, considering these circumstances, I think they played pretty well. And, you know, it's still a pretty lucrative tournament. And they're going to actually bring home $1 million uh, mm. just by, I guess, participating in this tournament. And even if they finish last uh, by losing the uh, upcoming fifth-place match, they're, they're still going to pocket $1 million. Uh, would have been better because if they won it, it would have been five million dollars. Wow. So I don't think anybody expected them to win it. Yeah. Uh, and you know their loss ensures that no Korean club uh, still uh, remain. Kaylee club still remain without any club World Cup title. All right. Well, um, maybe next year, I guess we can say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let Let's talk baseball then. Spring training on the way uh, with the KBO, as we mentioned last week. I believe uh, none of these clubs go into some uh, lush tropical locale or fancy right. Arizona uh, spring training facility. They're all staying here. They all got to suffer this uh, wintry and miserable weather like the rest of us uh, plebes. And so um, they are preparing, but they are on the peninsula. Uh, they're getting some work done, though, right? Uh, they They've actually uh, been productive. Yeah, you know, things got off to a pretty uh, uh, kind of rainy, wet, miserable start on Monday. Uh, you know, you look at the Kia Tigers down in Gwangju. Uh, their field at the, uh, their home stadium w- was considered unplayable. So what they ended up doing was they're, you know, running and warming up in their underground parking lot. Um, NC Dinos down in Changwon further south, uh, you know, it had rained the night before. Uh, their field was also wet. So they had to do some indoor uh, workouts early in the morning. SK Wyverns, that they traveled down to Jeju. The only team that actually flew out to a spring training site uh, suffered the same fate. Um, didn't do any on-field workouts in the first day, but the weather improved as the week went on, and the teams were able to do some on-field drills. Uh, Kiyom Heroes, uh, using Kiyom, uh, their coach of Skydome as their home, obviously didn't have any of those issues. Uh, the only issue for them is the players getting stuck on the road during the evening rush hours when they go home because they're commuting from home uh, instead of uh, staying as a team together in a hotel like the Lotte Giants down in Busan. So uh, teams are doing, uh, I guess, different things. This is the first time in league history that all teams are training for the new season at home. So it's, it's a challenge, but, uh, you know, this is a different time and, uh, you know, teams got to adjust to uh, different circumstances. Yeah, and so um, uniquely, and I know that you've had a chance to check out some of the teams in action, especially at, at Kochuk, and it's a kind of a welcome mm-hmm. change from the uh, kind of regular routine we've all been used to. Sure is. Uh, <laughs> you did not go down, but I, I, you told me that a lot of the reporters did go down to Cheju. The, the one team that went down there is the SK Wyverns, and they're, of course, uh, getting a lot of media attention with that big um, purchase. Uh, they will no longer be the SK Wyverns uh, uh, after this camp. Um, some people talking about new new names. You've, you've got some of the... Uh, possible candidates? Yeah, you know, Shinseki Group, their new ownership, uh, they're going through some names. And one that one that really kind of popped up this week was Electros. Hmm. Uh, you know, the group applied for the trademark of the name on Monday uh, as they were, you know, going through different candidates. And Electros came from, uh, comes from uh, their, uh, uh, I guess, home appliance uh, shop, right. Electromart. Uh, they've got, you've got a character named Electroman, yeah. kind of like Superman, looking like a superhero-ish a character who might end up being their new logo. We'll see. Uh, Wyverns have an outside chance of remaining as the club name, but I, I don't know how you know truth, truthful they are when they say that. Uh, I think they're going to go in a new direction either way. Um, so the team, the ball club, they're going to start wearing a temporary non-SK uniform, uh, starting with the, some of the unofficial practice games on March 5th. The goal right now is to have the new Shinsegi uniform ready by the start of the official exhibition season uh, around March 20th. All right, well, we definitely will check out those uniforms, see how they look. 
One more bit of news here. Olympics, uh, whether they're going to be held or not, uh, the uh, IOC in Tokyo local organizers have released this so-called playbook this week on health and safety Mm -hmm. protocols for the Olympics. This is under the premise that this is actually happening. What are some of the details? Well, this is the first of four books, uh, and the first one is for the Olympic officials. Uh, Basically, uh, in sum, no cheering for the athletes, no visiting any tourist attractions in Tokyo, and less intimacy in the Olympic, Olympic Village and no use of public transport without permission. So the playbook or the guidelines for athletes, volunteers, media, and fans will be published a little later. Uh, but this one, I think, gives you an idea. Uh, basically, minimal physical contact. Uh, you know, People must be tested for COVID-19 within 72 hours of the departure. They must be carrying the proof of negative tests uh, all, at all times. And uh, contact with the athletes will be limited unless they're on the uh, field of play or in the training areas. Uh, there will be limits on athletes partying or intimate relations that have been really a traditional feature of Olympic villages in past games. And, you know, this one right now is 33 pages long. Uh, the next version will be due in a couple of months, and I would expect them to be a little longer than this. Well, it's obviously an attempt to kind of assuage the a wider international public that this is going to be mm-hmm. safe and that uh, the game should go on. Uh, this is by no means going to be definitively um, something that's going to push it over the edge, and we're still in a limbo as to whether these games are going to happen, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, you know, the state of the, the state of Tokyo and the Korea Tokyo area are still in the uh, state of emergency, right? Uh, we're seeing number of large number of cases coming out of there every day, so. I think the only people that are really optimistic that the Olympics will happen are in Tokyo and in uh, Switzerland and IOC. Yeah, and whether the rest of the world is with them, you do want to have the athletes get their chance to shine on stage and and, uh, realize their dreams of winning medals. But at the same time, we're still in a pandemic, and it does not look like uh, this looks very feasible to a lot of people uh, observing right now. Big U, as always, appreciate it. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. You too. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for our program. Coming up next is Life Abroad, hosted by Na Seung-yeon. Please stay tuned for that. We are going to be back on Monday at 7 a.m. for another edition of This Morning. Until then, please enjoy your weekend and enjoy the rest of your day. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.